Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. What happens when a small group of people experience the same thing in different parts of the world, but nobody believes them? They find each other. Because it doesn't matter how much they protest or plead, their spouses, children, and even their doctors refuse to accept that something is wrong. So this outspoken minority seeks others like them out. They scour social media and online forums for individuals who have been affected by similar phenomena. Individuals like 46-year-old Shauna Turner in North Carolina. She'd been at a girls' soccer game when it happened to her. Steve Marshburn was working at a bank when he was hit by it in 1989. It forced him to undergo almost 50 back surgeries over the course of his life. And it happened to Gary Reynolds three times. All three of these people, and over 20 others, were part of a very exclusive group of lightning strike survivors. When the human body is hit by lightning, it's riddled with 300 million volts of electricity in an instant. We're not meant to endure that much power, and some victims die of cardiac arrest as a result. But many do survive albeit with serious consequences. Their skin is burned, their bones are shattered, or their brains are fried. Shauna Turner suffered memory loss as a result of her brush with Zeus, while Steve Marshburn's back was broken when a bolt of lightning traveled through the speaker of his bank's drive through window and struck him. And occasionally, lightning survivors are also graced with scars on their bodies called Lichtenberg figures. They're often shaped like the branches of a tree growing along the back, arms, and chest. But as I mentioned before, not everyone walks away from a power surge like that. It happened in October of 1998 in the Democratic Republic of Congo. The area had been a battleground for some time, with a civil war raging on between rebels and government forces. But amidst all the fighting, there was a brief glimmer of levity in the form of a soccer game. The home team, Benashadi, were up against the visiting Basanga team, with a tie score of 1-1. The game was going fine, when out of nowhere, a bolt of lightning hit the ground in a flash. Such an incident would have frightened anyone close by. When everyone's eyes had adjusted and the smoke had cleared, the damage was evident. Thirty people who had been standing on the sidelines were hurt in the blast. They were taken to local hospitals to have their burns treated. The visiting team, though, was not affected at all. They walked away without injury. But the members of the Benashadi team weren't so lucky. All 11 players ranging in ages from 20 to 35 years old, had died instantly. Many believed that witchcraft was the cause of the strike. It wasn't uncommon for African teams to use witch doctors to curse their adversaries. And what's worse is that this isn't the only time such an event has occurred. Days earlier, as the Morocco Swallows took on the Jumo Cosmos, 
Seven players and the referee were hit by a bolt on the field. Two of the Swallow players were seriously injured. Sadly, Africa is no stranger to such acts of God. The continent is one of the biggest hotspots for lightning strikes in the entire world, with South Africa alone seeing 100 deaths each year as a result. And the Democratic Republic of the Congo, where the Beneshadi players were killed, can see as many as 60 flashes per square kilometer each year. And those flashes tend to land in industrial areas, which are chock full of people, just going about their daily lives. But not all hope is lost. Many office buildings are built with protective measures in place to mitigate the effects of a lightning strike. And being struck is not a death sentence in and of itself. Only 1 in 10 who are hit by lightning will die, as proven by the folks like Shauna Turner and Gary Reynolds. And being struck is still incredibly rare, even in a lightning-prone place like Africa. But don't get your hopes up too high. You still have a better chance of being struck by lightning twice than you ever do of winning the lottery. And only one of those things leaves you with a really cool scar. This episode is sponsored by Intuit. Here's a story for you. Once upon a time, a young woman was haunted by the ghosts of bad financial decisions, with credit card debt and an empty savings account looming over her every day. But when she tried to ignore these ghosts, they only grew bigger and scarier. And these ghosts of her bad financial decisions were stopping her from living her best life. So she decided to face them head on and take control of her finances with help from Intuit. Intuit helps you face your financial fears with confidence through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And for a limited time, get more fun for less with the Michigan Bundle for just $49.99. Exclusive to Michigan residents only. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Ours is a culture of change. Language in particular shifts with every generation. A word like bully used to mean great or excellent, whereas today it has come to signify someone who picks on others. Meanwhile, scientific exploration and biological study have shed new light on old perceptions over the years. For example, before we knew what germs were, doctors thought that disease was caused by poisonous air coming from the ground. And up until the mid-19th century, farmers and even scientists thought that putting a pair of dirty underwear 
in a bucket of grains would create mice. It was a concept known as spontaneous generation, which suggested that non-living objects could create life. But one person turned our preconceptions about the animal kingdom on their head back in 1940 and changed the course of the English language in the process. It all started surprisingly with the Bible and one important figure. He was the son of Noah's grandson, Cush, which made him Noah's great-grandson. He was also a great hunter and a king who ruled over the land of Shinar, otherwise known as Mesopotamia. In the book of Genesis, this king was seen as having rebelled against God after ordering the construction of the Tower of Babel. Remember, according to the Babel story, everyone in the world spoke the same language, and eventually they began building the tower, a massive structure that was meant to reach the sky. But God saw this going on and changed all of their speech to different languages. Unable to understand one another, the builders were scattered to different places all over the globe. It was a story meant to explain, among many other things, why different languages were spoken in different countries. But it was also about the consequences of blind, unchecked pride, namely that of the great king and hunter, Nimrod. Which brings us to the modern age. You see, some kids these days leave out a healthy snack for the Easter bunny the night before he's set to arrive. And when they wake up, they might find that a piece of carrot was left behind, along with eggs and candy, proof that their good deed had not gone unnoticed. Of course, carrots and rabbits go hand in hand, like peanut butter and jelly. At least we think they do. But the fact is that carrots hold very little nutritional value for rabbits. They don't normally eat them in the wild. So why do we think that they like them? And what does that have to do with the biblical hunter? Well, the answer might surprise you. It's all because of Bugs Bunny. When Bugs Bunny debuted in 1940 in an animated short called A Wild Hare, he popped up on screen chomping on a carrot. It was a blatant send-off of Clark Gable's character in the 1934 film It Happened One Night. In one scene from that film, Gable could be seen munching on a carrot while talking to his co-star, Claudette Colbert. Bugs' mannerisms, including how he ate the carrot, were a direct reference to Gable's performance in that specific film, and the audiences of 1940 knew it. But over time, those children, and then their children, and even their children's children, all grew up with Bugs Bunny cartoons, and that original Clark Gable connection faded away, leaving behind the image of a rabbit eating a carrot. And so, pet owners and Easter celebrants grew up believing that rabbits ate carrots, a new cultural assumption that was all Bugs Bunny's fault. But one other thing happened during a wild hare that altered our culture. And you can see it, or maybe hear it, in how we use a certain word today. In that 1940 animated short, Bugs Bunny refers to his nemesis, Elmer Fudd, as a Nimrod. And to be honest, it did make a lot of sense. Fudd was, after all, dressed and outfitted as a hunter. It was also a throwaway line, but the sarcasm turned the legendary name into a simple insult. And over time, calling someone a Nimrod became a new way to suggest that they were a bumbling, error-prone buffoon. I think it's fair to say that cartoons can teach us a lot, like how to outsmart a coyote or how to evade being eaten by a cat. But they can also affect the way we see the world and alter the language we use in the process. Some folks say that cartoons will rot a person's brain. The truth, though, is a lot more curious. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. 
Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.